Hi, I'm Helena. Hi, I'm Lori. And we're the Clothes Making Mavens. This is a brand new podcast that we are putting together because we just love to talk about sewing all the time. And we want to talk about it more. Uh, our friends and family and passersby are getting sick of listening to us talk. Um, <laughs> so true, Helena. <laughs> about uh, the various um, technical aspects of sewing, uh, about our creative ideas that we think are amazing. No one is thinking they're as interesting as we are, except for other people that share our passion. So, um, so we decided to start this podcast. Yay! So we're so excited. Yes, we are. We're going to have two different formats for the Clothes Making Mavens podcast. The first will be a conversation that Lori and I are going to have about things that we find interesting about sewing or projects that we're working on, issues that we are encountering or things going on in the um, sewing community. And I'm going to get interviews with other people in the sewing community so we can have some <laughs> kitty <laughs> oh yeah kitty cat just showed up i love and started that it's adorable <laughs> he wants to be on the podcast I'm like what is that oh, that's a kitty okay so i'm going to have interviews with different people from the community so we can hear from all different kinds of voices for the podcast i would love to interview some experts and get some really great tips um, but I also would have fun talking to just other passionate sewists that want to talk about sewing as much as I do. So that those people who are also boring their poor um, significant others and children and family and friends and uh, want someone else to talk to who actually is interested. That, that's right? right. I will give them an outlet for all that because <laughs> I need one for certain. And it sounds like you do too, Lori. So this. Yeah, for sure. This is going to be great. This podcast is going to be specifically about garment sewing. There are lots of other podcasts about quilts and bags and and other things. So we thought it would be interesting to really focus on garment sewing because there's some really specific technical issues and um, specific style issues that we can get into that will be fun to discuss in that way. Um, so we thought for this fo- first podcast that we would introduce ourselves and kind of give our background and why we sew what we sew. So I am Helena Ashbridge, and I have been sewing my entire life. My mom is a professional seamstress, so um, you can imagine that I just always sewed. Like that was just what we did. And it's in your blood. Yes. And I love that. I especially appreciate that because my mom definitely um, fostered a sense of just try it out. Like, of course you can do it. There's no real mystery. I know a lot of people when they ask about sewing, oh, you sew that. They, you know, they talk about it like it's some magical thing that you um, you have to be a magician to know how to do. I don't know what exactly mm-hmm. what they think or the skill set is so so specific that you couldn't learn it like a layman couldn't learn it or whatever and I just we just always did I saw my mom doing, and obviously I wasn't up to my mom's level at the time I just tried it and got better and got better so that was a great service that she um she gave to me inadvertently 
She does. Thanks, mom. I, and thanks mo- to moms everywhere, because I think we, you know, a lot of people have a similar story, you know, that their mother taught them how to sew or knit or do creative things when they were young. So, yeah, I agree. It's 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 such a gift for sure. Um, then in 2013, I started a blog called uh, grayallday.com because I was in love with all the other blogs out there and I just wanted to put my voice out there. There are so many talented, I just so exciting what people put out there and it just shows this generosity of community and spirit that I love. And the blog for me, I have enjoyed it so much. It really helps me to push myself, right? Something that might be, yeah, I'll just, you know, get her done or um, I won't add this detail. It'll take too much time or maybe I wouldn't do the the more special finish on it. But to know that it's going to be out there really helps me to push myself and um, try new things like you guys don't want to see t-shirts all the time. And even if that's what I wear, it is more fun to try new things. You know, I'm not catering to my blog audience, but it definitely helps me um, helps me try new things. Mm-hmm. Do you think so, Lori? Oh, yeah, for sure. You, you do um, start to question yourself if you just keep sewing pajama bottoms. You know, are people really going to want to read about this? So, yeah, it does tend to push you a little bit out of your comfort zone. So and, and that's great. I, I really like that. Yeah, yeah. Um, 2014, I won Project Indie, which was the monthly stitch put out this, um, this competition. Well, they have Indie Pattern Month. And then at the end of that, um, in 2014, they had Project Indie, which was looking for new pattern designers. And I won that, which was amazing. That that is amazing. Congratulations. Thanks. And I put out a pattern. And then I put out another pattern and in the process of putting those patterns out, I started grade A patterns that, um, to relate to my, my blog name. And in that process, I kind of learned what I didn't know about pattern making, <laughs> which is a lot, mm-hmm. turns out. It's a really, uh, amazing skill. It is one of those skill sets that you, you need instruction on. Mm-hmm. You, I don't think that you should just try it and you'll get better. I think that it's, you will get better the more you do it, but you, you do need some specific instruction in that. So, um, I haven't put out a pattern for quite some time because I figured out that I needed some more instruction. So at Mm. this point, I'm learning more about pattern making before I release any more patterns, but I have all- it is a complicated thing, isn't it? I, you know, hats off to you for putting out a pattern because that whole idea of trying to create a pattern terrifies me. So <laughs> maybe it's something I'll do one day. Well, it definitely helped to have a deadline because I could have mm-hmm. I could have just messed with it and messed with it and messed with it. I still kind of think I should go back and mess with it and mess with it and mess with it, that first pattern. But um, that's I love that about sewing competitions or sewing... Like when you have a group and we're all sewing on a theme, I love that there's a deadline because I can draw things out. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's like an artwork. It's never quite, quite done, you know, until someone just says, it's over now. You have to give it yeah. to me. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> Hand it over. Um, 
let's see, this last year I moved down to Southern California. So my blog name was because I was in Seattle and it was gray all day and I wasn't, I didn't want to make my blog name too specific because I didn't know actually where it was going to go, like what I was going to enjoy making, what I was going to enjoy sharing. Um, maybe I'm going to get really into candy making. Like I just had no <laughs> idea. And so I did this kind of generic gray all day name, which I thought, oh, that's going to cover everything. But then, <laughs> then last year I moved down to the sunniest, one of the sunniest places in the country <laughs> in Southern California. I'm not going to change the blog name. I do love the color gray. We're going to go with that. And <laughs> I still think of Seattle as home. So, um, so I'm going to stick with that. But Is that where uh, you were born and raised in Seattle? Uh, most of my life. Yeah. Most of my life, yeah. yeah. So I definitely think of that as home. And it's where my kids were born and, you know, where that whole community, that's that's where your community is, is really cemented is when your kids are little and, they, you know, those other moms, they're just, they're your lifeline. And so <laughs> they're, they're still my best friends for sure. Mm. Um, but moving to Southern California, I feel like my style is completely evolving again. Like I thought that I knew what I was wearing and I always wore kind of jeans and flowy tops. And that's kind of my favorite thing to wear. And I went through the, um, the Colette, uh, the, what's it called? The architect. Oh, the wardrobe architect. Yes. Yeah, wardrobe very, architect. Very helpful, uh, uh, process to go through for sure. Mm-hmm. I went through that and I, uh, assumed that I had it figured out at that point, but now I'm in this totally different place and it is very warm here. Mm-hmm. I mean, it seems especially warm because I came from cold all the time. So I'm sure I'll get used to it. It'll seem more normal soon. Honey, I'm <laughs> from Toronto. You don't know cold all the time. <laughs> That's true. That's true. <laughs> no, no, I'm just teasing you. I'm sure it was cold in Seattle too. It was cold to me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Whining in my 55 degrees. Yeah. Uh, so I feel like I'm kind of evolving even now, which is kind of exciting. I'm making different things. I'm making a lot more dresses now. I'm making shorts, which I never wore before, but I just got to give into shorts mm-hmm. when it is this warm. Um, definitely the flowy tops still are valuable. Um but it's fun to to try new things even again. And I need more swimsuits. We swim all the time here, which is fun. Oh, lucky my, you. That sounds great. Yeah, yeah. So, um, yeah, so my style's even evolving. So I still have, hopefully, some some things to explore. And we'll get to talk about on the podcast about this. Awesome. Well, that's, that's what I love about sewing is um, there is always some new challenge or some type of garment that you haven't done or some particular construction technique that, you know, maybe you've been a bit scared of and now you're going to go ahead and try it. You're feeling, feeling uh, brave enough to do it. So it's a, it's a hobby that can evolve and change um, depending on what level of challenge you want, depending on where you live, what your climate is, that sort of thing. So that's, that's, what's, uh, that's what's really neat about it. I, yeah, I agree. Definitely. So Lori, tell us about um, your sewing experience. When did you learn to sew and um, how'd you fall in love with it? 
Oh, well, um, like you, my mother was the big influence in my life with sewing. So uh, my mom used to sew a lot of her clothes um, as she was a, a young woman in the in the 50s. Um, and uh, it's interesting um, because at that time she talks about how it was um, – it was cheaper and more efficient to, to sew your own clothes because clothes were quite expensive. And that was, of course, the time when clothes were uh, designed and manufactured here in North America. You know, in the past few decades, that has all gone overseas, um, uh, you know, being outsourced to be cheaper and cheaper. Um, so, you know, sewing was was this thing where you could create an interesting garment and save yourself some money. Of course, we know now that <laughs> if you want to save money, you're just going to go buy ready-to-wear because, um, you know, this can be an expensive hobby. But I think that also there's a consciousness around the fact that the reason ready-to-wear is so cheap is because there are real issues around um, who's who's making the garments and what they're being paid or not being paid, etc. So anyway, so my mom had been sewing all her life. And as a kid, I was curious around the, the dining room table where she would set up to, you know, what, what was she doing and would she teach me? And we sewed some Christmas ornaments together and then moved on to simple woven t-shirts. And uh, I kind of caught the sewing bug. And um, I sewed off and on since then that was many many years ago so I had a bit of a wave of sewing um, as uh, in my early 20s and I came home from university to borrow my mom's sewing machine because I had to have a crushed velvet uh, cat suit okay it was the early (gasps) 90s so don't judge So there I was, you know, I spent sort of like Friday afternoon and evening sewing up this cat suit that I had to have for the next night to go out to. I don't know. I was probably going out dancing or something. So and my mother was apprehensive because it was this stretch material. She said, oh, you're going to sew with that. I've never had luck with, you know, stretch knits. And um, I guess I just didn't know any better or I just had extreme beginner's luck because it came together really well. And I I still felt very proud thinking about that suit that I made and got lots of compliments <laughs> on. But yeah, so that's that's where it came from. And I've been sewing on and off since then. And then I went through um, a period of just sewing bags. So I would go to the um, upholstery end of the fabric stores and find these wild prints and make make bags. So I made bags for a long time and then put it away and for about 10 years. And probably just about three or four years ago, um, I was actually at a conference in Portland, Oregon, and I popped into a store that some uh, listeners may know of. It was um, was it called Joanne's Dry Goods, um, and they had beautiful fabrics and some patterns. And I just got inspired for kind of not really any reason that I know of, but I just bought a pattern and I took it home and I bought fabric and then I asked my mom if I could borrow her sewing machine and and off I went and then my mom just said, you can keep it, I'm not sewing anymore. So I inherited her sewing machine and um, kind of got obsessed. Something, my my husband likes to call them (laughs) crazes and he's so true because I'll just pick something up and go crazy with it and and do it obsessively. So I do that a bit with knitting for sure and also uh, with sewing and um, yeah, I really like various creative um, pursuits, but sewing and knitting are my my main things right that's now. awesome I don't know how to knit that yeah. sounds great I'll teach one day super easy same as sewing you know it's not this great mystery there's there's two stitches knit and purl and you can make anything out of those two stitches I was thinking I kind of missed the boat on that because now we're in Southern California and what do I need to knit right oh that's true yeah it's um warm weather knitting is 
not the best. <laughs> but there's such beautiful, oh, the stuff that I see. Uh, because True. on Calabra, they have um, both the knitting and the sewing. It's kind of all the, the crafts there. And, oh, I shouldn't mm-hmm. even look. Because yeah. it's no, it's true. You could knit some gorgeous linen T-shirts and some lovely lightweight shawls for when it's just a bit chilly in the evening. So, mm-hmm. yeah, mm-hmm. yep. We'll see, Helena. Maybe we can turn you into a knitter. Oh dear. Yeah. <laughs> like I don't have enough <laughs> enough hobbies. Yeah. But just but just to wrap that up, I'll I'll just mention that. Um, yeah, I think I started blogging around the same time you did, so about three years ago, and oh, I set up a, a a blog called frivolousatlast.com, and uh, I mainly did it just kind of to keep track of my the things I was making because um, uh, knitters will know that uh, Ravelry. Um, is a great place where you can keep track of everything you've knit and put post pictures and see what other people are knitting and, and look for patterns. Um, and I loved that way of keeping track of what I had made and having a bit of a gallery of the things I had done, but there wasn't really something similar for sewing. So I thought, well, I'll just start blogging about it and then just realized that I really loved it and I loved connecting with other, other sewists through the blog. So yeah, yeah, that's my story. So how did your blog get its name, Frivolous at Last?, Oh, well, you know, it's funny. Uh, there was this um, a Facebook thing going around where someone posted, oh, um, uh, use this quotation um, dictionary uh, to find the last five words of a quote and then use that and put it together and that's going to be like your your new band name or something like that on <laughs> Facebook. You know, these crazy things. Today. So I kind of did that, but then I kind of fell down a rabbit hole with the quote generator and I was finding all of these beautiful quotes. And, and of course, they were only like the last five words of any given quote. So they were kind of mysterious. And I wrote a bunch down. I still have the piece of paper. So cool. one of them was the most important moments another one was we're not all there is um <laughs> another one was the life that is waiting and these all sounded Ooh, really poetic to yeah me. yeah and i was writing them all down and then i stuck it on my on my um uh, bulletin board and one of them was frivolous at last uh and it actually i wrote it down on the list um just after another one that was called that was the liberty of appearing so when I looked at this list I always saw the liberty of appearing frivolous at last and that resonated with me because I feel like I've always been a bit young looking uh, for my age and I felt that I needed to really uh, you know kind of be serious and be taken seriously and and also in a man's world you know you kind of have to um, um, be less frivolous if you will right Mm -hmm. and I think that the word frivolous is really a gendered word you know people tend to use that word to kind of denigrate um, pursuits that are generally women's pursuits such as sewing Mm -hmm. or knitting or things like frivolous things like that Mm -hmm. Um, and so every time I saw this phrase the liberty of appearing frivolous at last I kind of felt that it was liberating to be able to do a blog and talk about um, creative and feminine you know things that are perceived as very feminine things without feeling self-conscious about it so it's kind of this liberating you know I'm going to embrace this idea of being frivolous and I'm going to sew and knit and talk about shoes and and other things that um, I sort of um, kind of shunned before because I thought well people won't take me seriously if I'm you know so yeah that's kind of how how my blog came to be named I love that story I think it it's such a good um, encapsulates a lot about your um, the way you see the world and the way you're moving through the world 
and like um, evolving. Mm. Thanks. And I think that's, I don't know. I, I think you have a synopsis on your um, blog that kind of explains that. But when you explain it in person, I think it just really gets the, the, the emotion of I was here and then I feel like I can move past that and I can be frivolous at last. I think it's, it's really a great story. Thanks, Elena. Yeah. And I guess, you know, that's one of the reasons why we thought a podcast might be nice so we can actually say these things out loud and, uh, and bring a different dimension to them. Right. Yes, exactly. It is so, it's such a different medium to be able to hear people's voices and hear what they really mean when they they're saying it not just typing it so i love that so speaking of which one of the Mm -hmm. aspects of this podcast that you and i have have dreamed up and and i hope that it's going to to take off is we want to hear from you we want to hear from listeners to this podcast and readers of our blogs we would like for you to phone in to tell us some stories and we're going to feature some of your stories about sewing and various things um in the course of of putting out these podcasts so um Um, One of the things that we're going to ask you about today is about your most embarrassing uh, make. So the thing that you sewed that that you went ahead and wore anyway, because damn it, you sewed it. So you were going to wear it no matter (laughs) what. Um, But, you know, looking back now, maybe you think, oh, God, I can't believe I wore that. So we're going to ask you to phone in with your stories. um, And we have a special number. Do you want to give the number, Helena? So excited about this number. (laughs) I know we uh, got to put our name right in the number, so we're very excited. The number is area code 401-64-MAVEN. Yay. So, so we're clothes-making mavens, and we've got 401-64-MAVEN. So um, that's, right. that's just a, a voicemail service that you can phone and uh, tell us your story. So so please feel free to call in. And um, a little bit later uh, in this podcast, um, I'm going to ask Helena about her most embarrassing make. <laughs> I have many. I'm, it's going to be we a all long do, don't story. We? Yeah. But before we get to that, I just thought um, in terms of, uh, well, one of the interesting things about this is that Helena and I are also just getting to know each other. Um, so if you follow, follow Helena's blog, Gray All Day, um, you may have seen her post about, hey, I want to make a podcast. And is anybody out there interested in doing this with me? So um, podcasting is something that I had been thinking about for, for quite some time, but felt, oh, you know, I don't know if I have kind of the will and the resources to really get this going on my own. So Helena, your call was just the um, just the, the prod I needed. So here we are. And uh, I'm interested. Toronto in Canada and you're in uh, sunny California so we're kind of getting to know each other too so I thought that maybe um, in terms of getting to know each other we could take some of the questions from what's known as the Proust questionnaire so this (laughs) is kind of a famous personality uh, quiz so there some of them are very deep questions that uh, cut to the heart of who you are and what your basic characteristics are and I guess it's um it's uh, called the Proust questionnaire because um, apparently a French writer Marcel Proust um, gave some spectacular answers to this questionnaire but um, of course he did yeah, of course he did yeah <laughs> so I'm sure our answers will be just as spectacular Helena of course, so of course they will. You know, why don't we start by let's cut right to the chase here Helena. Oh dear. what is your greatest fear well, my greatest fear is that no one will listen to this podcast. <laughs> That's okay, though, because we are having a great conversation. So even if no to us, you and I are having a great time, right? 
And our families, we'll force our families to listen to it, right? <laughs> That's right. We totally will. Chris <laughs> Pye, it's going to be the same as always, right? Where you <laughs> Exactly. Exactly. Well, um, Lori. Yes. Which living person do you most admire? Oh, um, I would have to say probably Jane Goodall. Um, I've always admired her for being... Um, she was a bit of a maverick in the scientific community as this young woman who deigned to, you know, get herself a PhD and uh, be in the scientific world in the 60s. And she turned science on its head at the time. She, um, uh, you know, she refused to play by the existing rules that had been laid out, which were that thou shalt not talk about animals in terms of personality traits or, um, and she just turned science on its head and uh, showed the scientific community that they truly had something to learn from this young woman. And uh, she's just my hero. I mean, the way that she goes around the world constantly speaking, raising money, mm-hmm. um, doing things for not only the apes, but the people who uh, live uh, in the areas where the, um, where the apes live is just amazing. She just stuns me that woman yeah yeah that's a good one that is a really good one Mm. um tell me helena uh, what is your most treasured possession of course my sewing machine (laughs) but that that is really my most treasured possession because uh my sewing machine is handed down from my mom ah so um she had me pretty young. She had me when she was 19. She had already been sewing for many years, though. She sewed all her own clothes in high school. She was, I wish I could, I wish they had more pictures. I wish they had cell phone um, pictures <laughs> then. Only they had selfies back then. She had, she tells me about the stuff that she wore back then. She was telling me about uh, a lame, a silver lame. This is in the 70s. Silver lame, like um, flouncy boho top. I would have with giant flounce sleeves and it just sounds amazing. My mom pretty much wears the same thing every day now. I mean, variations is cute. It's uh, she wears jeans and sweaters. And um, so it just blows my mind to think of her wearing a lame, <laughs> a lame blouse. But yeah, that sounds great. She um, she worked at a fabric store. She worked at a fabric store, of course, all through high school. As soon as she could get a job, she got a job at a fabric store. And then um, she bought her sewing machine. I was one or two. And she talks about it now, how clever she was to really spend some money. I mean, they were super super poor at the time. You know, she had a young child and they were young and dad was going to school and they but she had the prescience to know that she should really spend some money on her sewing machine and so she bought a bernina um 830 record turns out it's the most popular machine still um if it's really hard to get a hold of them if you want to try to get any second hand they're just like a mythical um mm proportions uh, trying to get a hold of them is they're they can go for seven or eight hundred dollars which is how much she spent back yeah. then in 1977 wow, yeah. so um she has been sewing on that machine for you know she'd been sewing on it for 20 something years and then she's a professional seamstress so when she needed to um 
to put it in for service or if something happened to it, she was out of machine and she couldn't do that because that's what she did for a living. So she finally found another one and bought herself another one. So she had a backup. Then when I got married, she, oh, before she gave me that one, um, she bought another, another one. So she had three (laughs) of the same machine. And then she, uh, when I got married, she gifted me the original. So I actually have the original one that she bought when I was little, which I, I love because it was the one that I did learn to sew on that machine. And, um, and now I still get to sew on it. And she, Mm -hmm. she had two, other ones she gave one to my sister and then I got a backup of that machine and then she got another backup of that machine this year so on our street we have because my mom lives down the street we have um five of them (laughs) (laughs) so there's there's no chance that something will go wrong and you won't be able to sew. There's like five machines you could pick from. That, awesome. That is, that's definitely dedication. And it is special. I can see why it's a prized possession because, of course, your mom would have had to really save and scrimp yeah. to, to pay that amount of money. And, and uh, obviously it was really important to her too. So that's, that's really nice. Yep. Okay, let's give you a question, Lori. Which words or phrases do you most overuse? I think I overused the phrase, you know, um, and I didn't even realize I did it until I was interviewed on the radio for something a couple years ago. And I listened to it back and I said, oh, my God, I said, I said, you know, so many times. Um, I also swear a lot. I uh, do, too. I don't know. You <laughs> do you? <laughs> We're going to try to keep the podcast clean, but <laughs> we will try we will to try. do that. Yes, occasionally <laughs> something may slip, but uh, definitely swearing is up there. And also, as a proud Canadian, you will hear me say a quite a lot because it's the perfect word for turning um, a, a, a statement into a question. This is a fantastic podcast, eh? Exactly. Mm-hmm. Right? right? Am I mm-hmm. right? Yeah, there you go. Yeah. Okay, Helena, I have a question for you. If you were a sewing notion, okay, and, and obviously we're veering off of the Proust questionnaire here because this, def- this is kind of our version of the Proust questionnaire. If you were a sewing notion, what would you be and why? I would be, I came up with this question. I did not think of this beforehand. I did not mull this over. <laughs> Put you on How the spot. How embarrassing. Um, I think I would be, Scissors. I just think scissors are the basics. They're, it's the most important step. If it's cut correctly, it's going to make everything else easier. Um, and But it's also still such a trick. Like it is, it doesn't get uh, effortless at any point. Um, I do know that I'm sewing with more difficult fabrics lately. I'm trying, you know, different things. And also I've, I like to wear flowy because it's hot here. I like to mm-hmm. wear, you know, the the lighter weight, flowy stuff. So I'm trying my hand at, at sewing that stuff. And the cutting is always challenging. But when I take the time to do it right, um, it I, I always benefit from it. Mm-hmm. My sewing always benefits from it. And the scissors are just all important in the sewing room, I think. Yeah. And you know what? I think scissors are sexy. I find, you know, an attractive set of scissors with a good weight in your hand and, you know, I I think they're sleek, beautifully designed little mechanical piece of 
magic. I don't know. Like yeah, of okay, art. So lovely. clearly a sewing nerd over here because I'm waxing poetic about how sexy scissors are, but <laughs> that's why we started a podcast again. Exactly. Yeah. There must well, I think, you know, in terms of a sewing notion for me, I would definitely be a seam ripper because I think I spend more time with the seam ripper than any other implement, including, including the actual sewing machine. But that's because I'm just sort of a bit of an I just like to kind of jump into things and start sewing and I like instant gratification. So I often have to rip out a seam and start again. (laughs) So seam ripper is definitely the sewing notion I would be. That's a good answer. (laughs) Um, Okay, so let's get to the quick. And this is where we're going to ask our our listeners to also weigh in. Um, Tell us about the most embarrassing thing you've ever sewn. Okay, I can't even narrow this down because I sewed (laughs) my own clothes in junior high. And I did go to junior high in the 80s. So you can just, I mean, I don't even have to say more, but I will get more specific. I had a pair of black and white striped, um, stripes for about two and a half inches wide, um, horizontal, black and white striped hammer pants. (laughs) I love it. Do you please tell me you have a picture? I do not have a picture. I know. Tragedy. But I think you you can all imagine (laughs) the horror of these. I looked like a a convict with a dirty diaper. Like it was such a and I got so many compliments on it. That really tells you something about people's taste level in the eighties that Yeah, for sure. Tells you something about the eighties for sure. Yeah. How about you? That's hilarious. Um, you know, I, I'm certain that I will look back at some of the makes I've posted on my blog in the last couple of years, and maybe in a year or two or sooner, I'll be like, oh my God, did I even post a picture of that? But so far, I haven't had anything terribly embarrassing from sewing, but I have had embarrassing knits. And the reason is because with knitting, you spend especially when you're starting out, it can take you like six months mm-hmm. to make a sweater, which is which is what I did. I had this beautiful yarn and a beautiful pattern and I knit this thing and it came out huge. It's really hard to get the fitting right in, mm-hmm. in, in knitting. And it came out huge, but I had just spent six months knitting this damn thing and I was going to wear it. So I actually wore it with, um, I had sort of like a large kilt pin that I pinned the back of it together to kind of mm-hmm. cinch it in a little bit. And I wore it to school. I'm a professor and um, wore it to class one day. And one of my students, you know, we're all quite friendly and whatever, but one of my students was like, Lori, what's with the, uh, what's with the diaper <laughs> pin in your sweater? <laughs> And I was like, because I knit this thing and damn it, it's too big and I'm still going to wear it. And she was laughing at me. So, yeah, so that was kind of embarrassing. But I um, ended up giving it to my mother, who's a little bit bigger than me, and it fits her perfectly. And she wears it proudly. She's so wonderful. She'll wear just about anything I give to her. Thanks, mom. That's awesome. That's great. See, I could never (laughs) make or knit or do anything for my mom because she is amazing and she why would she wear what i made her right because she'd sew right. literally anything she has sewn every single thing so amazing yeah, that's fun to have yeah. someone that is so sweet and proud of you uh, my mom is super <laughs> proud of me that's not that's not to say that oh, but I, yeah. I just would never yeah. make her something my poor mother has worn stuff that has been very, very questionable, for sure. <laughs> what <Yeah>. a dear. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> that I've made for her. The poor woman. She's so sweet. Um, anyway, so um, like we said, we would love to hear from listeners. So if you have a story of the most embarrassing thing you've ever sewn or knit, 
please call us. So the number is 401-64-MAVEN, 401-64-M-A-V-E-N. And you can um, leave a voicemail there for us. Just tell us about the embarrassing thing and, you know, when you wore it and when you realized it was embarrassing. (laughs) And we'd love to hear about that. And hopefully we'll be able to include some stories of yours on our next podcast. That would be great. We are also looking for um, people to interview. So um, if you would like to talk to me and also love to talk about sewing as much as as I do, um, then leave us a voicemail, kind of pitch us what you think that you'd like to talk about during an interview, like what you'd like to focus on and what we can chat about. And I would love to hear from um, some people. Lori and I are racking our brains and we have a lot of great ideas. But uh, if you come to us with ideas, then we know that it's you know, that it's coming from the source and people want to listen to it. And we would love that so much. So that's the same phone number. We'll listen to all those messages. I'm sure a hundred times we'll be so excited to get messages. So Mm -hmm, for sure. Oh, and also people can also get in touch with us through the website. So uh, we've put together clothesmakingmavens.com. So you could go to that website and uh, leave a comment there. Uh, We'll have some contact information there as well. And and you're more than welcome to type us a note about your most embarrassing thing you've ever sewn as well in case you know, you're not uh, too keen on leaving us a voicemail. So either one of those ways of getting in touch with us about that would be would be most welcome. So again, the number to call is four. 0164 Maven and our website is clothesmakingmavens.com. Yes. Okay, well that is it for our first podcast. Great. Thanks, Elena. Lovely to talk to you. Yeah, thank you, Lori. Looking forward to chatting again. Bye for now. Bye. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Clothes Making Mavens podcast. For more information and more episodes, visit clothesmakingmavens.com. We would love to hear from you. You'll find options for sending us an email, leaving a comment, or even a voicemail on clothesmakingmavens.com. Hope to hear from you soon, and thanks for listening.